For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with my co-host Tyler Steggy. We have a special guest that Tyler reached out to to bring on to the show. My guy, Ian Hartwitz. He works for PFF for the fantasy side. You guys all know him on Twitter because he makes all those great tweets. And I also, not going to lie, I love the thing that you say about Duke Johnson. Dude, Johnson is a three-down back. I love that slogan that you branded for yourself. That's a really great slogan. Uh, Ian, thanks for joining the show, though. And uh, I know Tyler brought you on, so I don't want to steal the thunder from his guests. So, uh, Tyler, take it away. This ain't this ain't my guest. Um, I, I did want to get a special uh, fantasy uh, advisor on before um, I had my big draft. I had my huge fantasy draft with all my friends tonight. Uh, so I wanted to get some advice and – also ask why the hell Miles Sanders isn't going in round one. What is, what is up with that? Like, what is, well, I don't understand. That is my biggest question in fantasy is Miles Sanders. I think I just saw him get moved up around like, uh, like 13th overall. Um, he was flirting with like 17th or 18th, I think. Um, but that is the biggest thing I want to pick your brain on is Miles Sanders and what you think um, his ADP is or should be um, and pick your brain on it. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. I actually just uh, did a big rankings adjustment on like Thursday right before because I knew this would be a big 
draft weekend. I did drop Miles down to 13, so I was not, you know, in the 17. I don't know why you'd be moving him up at this point if you had him lower. That doesn't really seem all that sensical uh, to me. But it's, it's just kind of the injury right now. And just against, you know, similarly ranked guys like Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, I just wanted to bump them up a little bit. But no, man, I, th- I think the uh, the reality that the Eagles haven't gone out and signed Devontae Freeman or one of these early down backs that we kind of thought they would if an injury popped up speaks volumes about what they're going to do. And, you know, I have been hearing Deuce Staley uh, talk talk up Sanders all offseason, seemingly, guys. I mean, this dude loves loves Sanders, and he's even gone out there, I think, and said, you know, fantasy investors should be looking at this guy. But to me, it, it's, you know, it's a mix of that and what we actually saw from Doug Peterson, you know, giving Sanders, I believe it was the four highest single game snap rates since he's joined the Eagles. And, you know, yeah, okay, it has been a committee backfield in the past, but you look at the running backs he's had, and especially in Philly, I think it is fair to say, you know, Peterson hasn't had a running back like Miles Sanders. Now, we get into trouble with this stuff sometimes. You know, last year I was one of the people on the, you know, Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends, but he's never had a tight end like O.J. Howard. So we got to be careful. But I do think Sanders, particularly as a receiver, uh, showed to be a really high-level uh, player last year. I mean, some of those pass protection snaps he had were just vicious. So he really doesn't need to come off the field. And the reality that they haven't, you know, taken an early down guy definitely has him up there. He needs to be, you know, in anyone's top 12 RBs. And, and honestly, like, okay, I put Michael Thomas just ahead of him, but he should be going in the majority of first rounds because if you guys have done, you know, best balls or mock drafts out there, I mean, the running back pickings get slim as hell rounds four or five on. So, you know, I definitely want to come away uh, with two of those running backs in that top 12, top 13 tier. See, the my thing about Miles Sanders, when I, I see fancy writers write about him, they always say that there's not enough to go off of. Uh, the, there, uh, there's another fancy writer I quoted because I said he brought up the fact that he rushed like 800 yards and then uh, his yards, there was like, what, I think it was 54 rushing yards per game he averaged and all this stuff. And then I'm like, and then he goes, why are we overhyping Miles Sanders? And I was like, well, you could say the same for Christian McCaffrey coming off his rookie year then. If that's what if that's the argument you want to go with, because Christian McCaffrey's rookie year was worse than Miles yeah. Sanders' rookie year, and yet we still took him very high the next draft, and rightfully so, he proved us right. I think Sanders is in the same boat because, like you said, his pass protection is great. So why take him off the field? He's also a vertical threat. He's a legit vertical threat. You can line him up out wide, and I believe the Eagles will this year. I think you're going to see Sanders in the slot too, which even helps his PPR gain a little bit. So uh, with me, I'm taking Miles Sanders. If I have a pick in the the nine to twelve range, I'm, I'm considering Miles Sanders absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think biggest thing you're going for in a running back in, in round one is is obviously volume. You want to know. But uh, second thing is I like running backs in an offense that I know is going to be in the red zone. Um, and the Eagles can move the ball. And like like a like a guy like Austin Eckler, like that that kind of like a like in the Chargers offense, that kind of scares me in in a sense. So like last year when Barkley was going over uh sometimes even McCaffrey, he was going over um, Zeke to me I'm like this guy's got a rookie QB you know so like you have to you have to factor in to, to me in the in round one it's got to be surroundings and I think Miles Sanders is benefits from volume and he benefits from an offense that should move the ball so to me I just think he's a first round lock for sure um, I have I have pick nine tonight um, and I plan on taking him pick nine and I and I I need you to confirm it for me is that is, is that okay to do a pick nine in a 12 man oh yeah yeah, yeah, you're fine. I mean, I think in the top, if you want to try to go like top six, then I'd say, no, nah, I think you should be taking 
you know, CMC, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, uh, Cloud Ebersolaire, Dalvin Cook. I think that's kind of the consensus big six at RB. But after that, I mean, honestly, seven to like 14, you can kind of mix and match them a little bit. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. And again, I, I had Sanders ahead of Eckler for the majority of the offseason. It's just right now, one of them is perfectly healthy. The other one's a little bit banged up. So, you know, it just came down to that a little bit. But yeah, you can't be using these full season splits on guys and just kind of taking that lazy way out. I mean, Sanders was the guy for the last eight weeks. So why wouldn't we take, you know, the most relevant sample size we have, particularly when they haven't brought in anyone to, you know, even a little bit take Jordan Howard's role. So a uh, good point on the downfield receiving stuff too. Those mm-hmm. wheel routes, man, they were just slaughtering. Real quick, what on um, Edwards Hilaire, you don't, do you have any doubts on him as far as, I guess, a committee there? Uh, if Damian Williams was still there, then it'd be an issue. But right now, no. I think we're going to see Clyde get, you know, 70%, yeah. maybe even higher. Once someone said he's a better Brian Westbrook, yeah. I was I mean, like, it's... okay, that usage is going to go crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm saying, man, if it was one of you guys, like, making that comparison, I'd be like, all right, get, get out of here. But when it's Andy freaking Reed yeah, comparing absolutely. it, it's like, okay, but I guess we got to listen to the other thing is, too, now. is uh, Boston Scott actually came on strong the last four weeks of the season fantasy-wise. Is there? I mean, right now he's not really a draftable player, but I mean, I I feel like that's a wrong thing because I do think if you do get Miles Sanders, I think that's the perfect handcuffs solution. Because I will say, for every seven snaps Boston Scott was on the field, he had a first down, so he he does he's productive. Yeah, man. So the thing with these handcuffs, I think there's only four clear cut. If the starter goes down, this guy's walking into like a 80% plus snap workhorse role. I think they're Latavius Murray, uh, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds. Boston Scott is right on that border there. Like he could be, I'm just not super confident that he would be because while he balled out at the end of the year, I mean, you guys saw the state of the wide receiver core at that point. I mean, they, they just had, they were throwing Josh Perkins the ball five times a game, nothing against him, obviously, but it's just, they, there, Wentz had no weapons at that point in the season. So I don't know if we should be expecting Scott to continue to catch four to six passes a game. That'd be fantastic. I mean, he's a, that would give him legitimate potential weekly flex upside, whether or not Sanders is even playing. But I think his late season kind of rise was more a state of what, you know, Wentz was having to throw to and kind of who was on the field. But, you know, he's a little banged up too. And again, the fact they didn't feel the need to sign Freeman and these guys, it does seem more and more like if Sanders got hurt, Scott would at a minimum, you know, be kind of the lead back of a, a potential, you know, two-back committee. So uh, he's not he's not a backup guy. I'm, you know, banging the door down for. I would prefer to get, you know, again, get my six or seven running backs in these drafts sooner rather than later but no nah, i mean if you're sitting there at the end of the draft I mean, especially if you have sanders uh, already i don't mind going to scott you know I, there's been a debate in the fantasy uh, football community it's like okay you don't want to handcuff your running back uh, with that actual running back's handcuff and the reasoning is like okay if you have ezekiel elliott and you pick up tony pollard like there's no scenario where both of them are balling out uh this season now if you have zeke and latavius murray maybe they do both uh somehow have a really good year but you know i think this season is funky enough where okay if we're gonna be getting dudes like dropping off up to sunday morning uh because of covid you know having you know if you have 16 plus roster spots i think you can devote one of them to your uh stud running backs backup so i i don't hate it particularly if it is one of these backups like boston scott where if sander was out i mean he might not be a top 10 projected guy real quick because i just want to add one last thing so that's not eagles related because now we're just talking fantasy you don't is there any chance because i'm starting to get these feelings in in my soul that cj austin eckler could be the next cj anderson type fantasy boomer bust because 
I know that some, everybody pulls up the stats of like what LaShawn McCoy did with Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod Taylor in the Buffalo Bills is completely different than Tyrod Taylor right now. So I'm a little worried about Austin Eckler. And I also do like Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. I think they're going to get a little bit more opportunity this year, especially in the anti-Lynn system. We're going to see all backs being used. But is there is there a cause for concern for Austin Eckler? Because there's, there's no way. Like, no way. Like, you're just overthinking it. Um, I think he deserves to be in anyone's top 12. And, again, if you want to put Sanders or, you know, Mixon and these guys ahead of him, I don't blame you. But, look, everyone – I mean, the big issue this whole offseason has been, oh, Phillip Rivers isn't there to feed him all these targets anymore. And, okay, that's a fair concern. He's not going to have eight or nine receiving scores. He's not going to catch 90 balls again. But he has been, like, their bell cow feature back whenever Gordon has missed time over these past two seasons. I mean, seven games. He's played between 65 and 95 percent of snaps every single time. And yeah, Jackson and Kelly will be involved, but like Eckler is so unique in the way he's used that this is a situation where we're looking at the RB one and like the wide receiver three on the Chargers. So even if it isn't Tyrod, I mean, if it isn't Rivers throwing the ball, it's going to be slightly less efficient. I do think Tyrod will give a considerable boost in the run game for Eckler. And, you know, we can be confident, you know, you're talking about Sanders lining up wide. That's one of these common things we always love to talk about in uh, August. Usually it doesn't end up panning out. I think Sanders has the skill set to do it, but it is just a common thing out of camp. Now with Eckler, I mean, he spent 26% of his snaps in the slot or out wide last season. I mean, only Kareem Hunt, who's at 33, and Tariq Cohen at 39 were higher. So this is a situation where Kelly and Jackson probably get 50% of the running back snaps. Eckler gets 50%, but he's going to get another 25% as a true receiver. I just think he's so good. I mean, they just gave him a 40-year, $25 million contract. We've seen him, you know, just year after year really operate highly yards after – I mean, just yards per touch. Last year was the RB2 in weeks one through four without Melvin Gordon there. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. His – primary competition Melvin Gordon is gone so like we're now we're getting at least 12 carries per game so I I understand the fear with you know maybe the Chargers won't be as good as the Eagles but you kind of look in that tier and you know you see similar issues with Josh Jacobs and the Raiders even Joe Mixon and the Bengals so I I just think you know Eckler with that projected workload uh, again you know I'm kind of drawing the line after Aaron Jones like that's my 14th RB and Anything after that, you're really running in the risk. So I definitely think Eckler deserves to be in that tier two of running backs that, you know, again, if he's there in round two, like, just take him. Don't worry about the wide receiver right now. There's still going to be great wide receivers. You You can't argue with that usage, though. You can't argue with that usage. It's just Tyrod Taylor. I just have a hard time with the offense, man. I, I... Tyron Taylor, I think, is, Why you hate I think he's my so least favorite quarterback in the NFL right now as far as starting. Oh. As far as, he's like the I can't get the that Browns tenure out of, of my head. I can't – and, I mean, dude, Buffalo never really committed to him either. They were just happy that he was being serviceable and they were looking for a way out until Josh Allen uh, happened. I, he, he's just so bad. He can't make any throw I, outside I, the I numbers. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I will say that Austin Eckler usage, just, even on the outside, even if it is tired of quarterback, like you can't argue with that, though. That's that's going to be productive. I agree. I, I think it is talent for sure with Eckler is there uh, and, and usage should be there. We'll see. I, I think I'm, I may prefer a guy like Josh Jacobs over him in round two, to be honest. Again, they're both in that same tier. Real quick, though, look at the Chargers uh, schedule because honestly, I'm really big on a. Joe Burrow this year, I know some people are Daniel Jones. And if you have a QB with just a brutal first four weeks, I mean, look at Tyrod in the last round of your drafts because they get the Bengals, the Chiefs, that's going to be a shootout, the Panthers. We got 
kind of rough game is Buccaneers, Saints. But then before the bye, they got the Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, and Raiders. So that first half, is, look, I, I'm, like, I don't like strength of schedule season long because, okay, like things are going to change. Guys are going to get hurt. Who knows uh, what's going to happen over a 16-game season. But especially in September, just take a small look ahead. And, you know, I do like uh, – Ty God's chances of uh, being a quality quarterback. Who's that? Right, right, right. Jackson, That's man. Good point. He's coming off the streets. He's at least been with the Chargers two years. He's got his old Bills coach. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. See, my thing is, though, I just don't know if how long Tyrod Taylor's leash is, though, because I do think they want to see Justin Herbert on the field probably sooner rather than later, even given this unorthodox offseason. But we'll see. I mean, either way, I think that doesn't affect Austin Eckler for me in my mind either. I would still – if he's there in round two, I'm taking him. I would run, I'm running and taking him for sure if he's on the board when I'm picking in round two. That's for sure. But let's move on to, like, I, the water seat – or go ahead, Doc. I, no, I just wanted to formally apologize. I didn't know we had a Tyrod Taylor stand. <laughs> so I apologize. I had no idea. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, next one, we could either do Wentz or Djax. Both of those ADPs uh, are, are good conversations, I think. I think What's, Djax is a – go ahead. Sorry. I was saying, well, what are you seeing Wentz's ADP at? Uh, uh, I saw that he is – I have that up right here. 12, yeah, I think. Oh, the, oh, yeah, this, this article might be old. Damn I had a, I had a, it has him at ninth the one I'm reading, but that might be old now. So, yeah, the – Ninth and twelfth range, we'll just say. I think it's low too. Right. He has vertical. He's around. Up. He's around Breeze, Brady, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen. Which I mean, actually, he's a a, a much better fantasy quarterback than he is a real life quarterback. Um, so I mean, I guess I guess that is. I mean, to me, I think that seems pretty pretty fair. Um, I. One quarterback, I mean, and I'd like your uh, take on this is Jared Goff. Um, he's like seventeenth, the seventeenth quarterback, and to me, I mean, I love that offense. Yeah, um, for fantasy wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a guy that I like late, and then I heard you say Burrow. I want to hear your take on Burrow too. All right, so QB, I got my. My my big seven are all guys that have a really elevated rushing floor. Lamar, Mahomes to an extent, please, Mahomes. Uh, Dak, Kyler, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson. Once is my eight. I think he deserves to be the next guy. And this dude was the QB 10 last year, despite throwing to all those dudes we already talked about. I mean, Greg Ward trotting out there being his number one. Look, I'm an AAF lifer, so I'm not trying to hate on Greg Ward, but it just, it just, just, it, it is what it is, guys. Mm-hmm. And after, after once, that's where I have kind of, you know, the aging gunslinger tier with your Breeze, Stafford, Brady, and stuff. And then I'm looking at Burrow and uh, Cam, QB 12, QB 13. I mean, the rushing floor is truly just, it's a cheat code in fantasy in terms of a QB having the rushing floor or if you have a, you know, dual threat RB receiving and rushing. I mean, we're just getting like pretty much dual positional value and it's huge. And once, I mean, we talk about Fitzpatrick leading the Dolphins and rushing last year. I mean, once actually equaled Fitzpatrick's total, he's hardly a statue back there. And I, I know we 
we all know he can create off script and do really good things in that mold. But he actually gives you a decent amount of rushing production uh, play by play too. But I just think we're going to get back to seeing 2017 version of Wentz because they finally added speed all over the field. And that's really just been the missing ingredient over these last few seasons. And it wasn't like they had some stud field stretcher in 2017, but Torrey Smith had himself a really nice year. And rookie year, Mac Hollins was at least showing out a little bit. 2018, Hollins is hurt. They bring in Mike Wallace. He never really even plays a snap, I don't think. 2019, Djax has the huge week one, and then he goes down. So what they do? I mean, they got Jalen Rager, and then even John Hightower and Quez Watkins. I mean, those dudes can fly. I thought the Marquise Goodwin was a great signing, and he obviously opted out. But, um, you know, they've done a lot to make sure that if a couple injuries happen, they're not going to have, you know, Warden Joshua Perkins on the outside. So the reality that Wentz was already top 10 last year with those dudes he was thrown to, I think the offense is much better now. And that should only just help out all these other guys because we already know the tight ends and, you know, Sanders are amazing, you know, and those, especially in the underneath intermediate areas of the field. And that should just be more cushy than ever uh, with those field stretchers. So definitely all in on a Wentz at eight. With Burrow, it just comes down to, I mean, we've seen six rookies be top 12 fantasy performers since 2010 it's been uh kyler dak russ andrew luck cam and rg3 and the two main similarities between those between all those guys are one they were a week one starter and two they average at least 25 rushing yards per game in college burrow's got both those man he was actually at 27 at lsu which is even more impressive when you know consider sacks come off of the dude's rushing yardage uh back there so burrow man he just came off of probably the single best college football season ever so like i'm basing it more on okay he's got the rushing floor he's gonna have the volume Bengals like one of nine teams to throw the ball at least 600 times last year still a bad defense they're gonna have to lean on him to throw as much as they can there's also just the chance that this dude is absolutely incredible at football and he's instantly a top 12 qb in the league because that's what it looked like at times at lsu last season and when the dude's going you know qb 18 or something like no i'm not gonna take the you you know, Rothsburgers and Goffs of the world ahead of someone like Burrow who just has that untapped ceiling. And Goff, man, okay, maybe they get back to the 2017, 2018 levels in the Rams offense, but you look at what the biggest problem was last year. It was the offensive line. And what did they do to address that? Absolutely nothing. They added a seventh round pick and they drafted Cam Akers and Van Jefferson, who might be, you know, very well could be great players. I don't know. But I mean, I don't think we were watching games last year wondering, like, oh, if the Rams just have one more receiver, they'd really be in a better place. So golf might put up some numbers still. I mean, when Higby was going absolutely bonkers the last five weeks of last year, golf was low key, the fantasy QB five during that stretch. So maybe McVay gets back to being, you know, the genius of the NFL and he enables golf, but I don't know. The rushing floor has always been zero there. I just think there's a chance. Maybe we've seen the best years of this, uh, you know, Rams powerhouse already. I have concern, you know, about Cooper Cup as well. I think Robert Woods will be good volumes enough and he gets the rush attempts on like Cup. But uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. It, it's tough in Los Angeles. You know, maybe I'll be looking stupid, uh, doubting McVay and them in a couple of weeks, but it wasn't very pretty for large portions of last year. And I just don't like the squad they've uh, brought back. No, I think that's a good point. Plus, I mean, the Bengals line didn't do that much either, but they do get Jonah Williams back at least this year. So that's huge. And not only that, the targets he has there, T Higgins, AJ Green, because I'm sure AJ Green will play at least some point this season. I, I don't know how long, but Tyler Boyd, John Ross, like they're Auden Tate. Uh, Auden Tate. There is so <laughs> many. Uh, Auden Tate is really nice. He's probably, I should say his name over John Ross. But yeah, there's so many options for Burrow to throw to this year. I agree with you. I think I, I definitely buy on the Joe Burrow hype for sure. I did not know that about his rushing, though. That's a key stat, especially for a guy whose offensive line is going to be bad because Jared Goff, we all know, is not going to run. At least Joe Burrow will definitely take off if he senses pressure, and I'm sure he's going to do that a lot his rookie year. I like that. That's a, that's a key thing to think of. And the volume. 
Yeah, Zach like, Taylor does throw the ball a ton. Yeah, like that's and and they should be from playing from behind a lot too. I didn't really factor that in. No, they're not. I like that too. That's a great point. But what's I I don't understand why Jalen Rager's ADP is higher than Deshaun Jackson's though, especially with this unorthodox rookie season. I think that's just more of people not thinking Deshaun Jackson will play much this year, and, and Jalen Rager will. Yeah, it would have to be health, right? I think. I think they're both going to be out there, and that's probably why Rager is getting the bump at this point. Because, yeah, as, as good as D-Jack still is, I think, I mean, it, it is a question if he's going to play 16 games. So I, I think it's fine uh, putting, you know, the season-long projection of Rager ahead of Jackson, even though Jackson will probably be, you know, weekly ranked higher because of that. He's always got that, you know, 100-plus yards and multi-touchdown potential. But it's going to be fun seeing this offense uh, with speed all over the field again. Uh, who do you guys think uh, closes out through wide receiver sets, though? I mean, Jeffrey's still banged up. Is it going to be Ortega Whiteside's second chance, or are we going to see maybe uh, Hightower get involved sooner rather than later? They, I think they – well, it depends. It depends how – because I feel like they would rather go with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside because that's a second-round pick they obviously believe in. But if he struggles – I don't think the leash is as long as it was last year. I think they'll be like put Hightower because there was points last season when he was struggling and he did start the game off, but Robert Davis and Deontay Burnett had more snaps than him throughout the game. Yeah. That's another situation you could see with John Hightower for sure. Uh, I'm with you on John Hightower hype train. I thought when I watched this film, I'm like this is another John Brown. Like this is that's why exactly what I thought. So uh, I would I would love to see John Hightower make an immediate impact because again, just nothing but vertical threat. Uh, especially in the slot. You line him up in the slot and have a vertical threat like John Hightower in the slot, Carson Wentz is going to go crazy. Uh, I, would, I would much rather see John Hightower than J.J. Hersega Whiteside personally, but the, I mean, he's having a great camp right now. The Eagles are all in on him. So I, the depth chart's going to – I'm not even – I don't think the, the Eagles, to be honest with you, Ian, and I know a lot of Eagles fans are going to disagree with this, they're not even thinking about Alshon Jeffrey. Whatever he does at this mm-hmm. point, they don't care. Like he's off on the yeah. sidelines while they're practicing just catching balls in the air. They're not really his worried ADP, about his ADP is nuts right now. It, it shouldn't it, even it, be anywhere near Deshaun. It's he's five. I don't I, five five like he's five ranked uh five spots below Deshaun Jackson. I don't get that. Yeah. The guy might not even play till December. Yeah, that's, but it's, it's, that's pretty iffy. <laughs> as far as who would who would take the next step? I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you would think it'd be uh, J Jaw just because he could have touchdown production. I think like if if Hightower were to step, it would be more so for on field production That's rather right. than you know stati- or stats or fantasy just because I mean after you you got Djax, you got Rager, you got Ertz, you have Sanders. I don't think Hightower could have, you know, enough target volume. Um, it's to probably be- going to be Goddard anyway. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, what we I saw didn't last even, year. I'm just, I didn't yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, just em- embracing those two tight end sets as they did last year. Get your best players on the field. I mean, why not? Goddard's the interesting guy. But, so, yeah, so Rager and Djax, they're both going so cheap. I mean, outside the top four year series. These are exactly the guys you should be looking to target. I mean, I was talking with uh, the ringers, Danny Kelly, um, on, on the pod earlier this week, and you know, one of his really good points was – you know, stick to ADP in the early rounds. I mean, we've been studying those guys more than anyone. Those ADP ranks are usually pretty sharp by this time of the year. And then, you know, go for the upside down later rounds. That's where you can trust your gut a little bit more. And, yeah, Rager and DJX, like, there's no scenario where all the Eagles wide receivers stay healthy and they don't have a single one ranked inside the top 40 fantasy performance. It's kind of a similar situation as uh, in Houston with the Texans wide receivers. All these guys are cheap. And Deshaun Watson, like Carson Wentz, they're going to put up numbers and someone's going to be getting those numbers. So might as well be these guys. I mean, anytime you can get wide receiver four 
receivers, you know, they're being priced as wide receiver fours that could realistically return, you know, wide receiver two, how even wide receiver one production on any given week, you got to do it. And uh, yeah, it's the t- tight end spot is a little more interesting though, guys, because I do, I get worried about, um, you know, Ertz after that bye last year, Ertz had 60 targets, Goddard had 55 running out. I think Ertz still leads the team in targets and Goddard's probably not going to see quite enough run to, you know, consistently be more than like a borderline uh, tight end play. But God forbid one of these dudes goes down and we're talking about like an every week t- top three tight end. Yeah, because I, I will say Dallas Goddard has not had the space in this offense that Zach Ertz has had in 2017. Because like you said, 2018, they had Mike Wallace. He went down. Blah, didn't happen. 2019, one game to Sean. I do think I'm buying on Dallas Goddard's upside a little bit because of this. Because when he's in the red zone, I, I just notice he's always open. So I think this is the guy that could actually lead the Eagles in touchdown receptions this year, actually, to be quite honest with you. So I'm a little buying on Dallas Goddard just for the fact that I don't think he's ever had a chance to play with these vertical threats. I do believe they stick with 12 personnel majority of their formation. So you, hopefully you're putting Rager into Sean outside and then you're – feasting with Ertz and Goddard in the middle yeah. of the field. I do think there's a lot more upside with Goddard this year than there is in years past. Yeah, he's a stud and he's not he's not too expensive but right now. I mean I think I do Ertz is the one I'm probably shying away a little bit more. I am shying away from Ertz just because of what you just said. And I did realize that the targets were a little bit down and they were more on the Dallas Goddard train. I do think it's gonna happen again. But also Zach Ertz was double covered almost every time he uh, faced the face coverage. So it's also like you got to give and take there. Teams are really focusing on Ertz when they are on Goddard. Uh, but I do think – I don't like Ertz in round three either. I don't like him I think in round he was, three. No, I think no. he's average round three, which I don't like. If you can get him in round four or five, then cool. But round three, yeah, I don't I, like – I don't think he's going to score. Like, I think he's going to get the yardage. I don't, I don't think the touchdowns are going to be there to, ma- to really make it worth a third-round pick. I don't it's know, just, though, but going, yeah. I mean, going back to, to what we've talked about with all this space, I think – I mean, Sanders and Ertz should be the two that benefit the most from it. From from the speed, so it's and and with how much Wentz loves Ertz, I mean, I think the the volume's always going to be there. I He's going to produce the, the the bigger issue is like okay, you have Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews clearly at the top. Those dudes are absolutely going to ball out. I mean, the next guys are all great, like Ertz, Evan Ingram, Higby, Gronk, Waller, Hunter Henry. But there's questions with all of them, and I don't want to be the guy like reaching on them in the middle rounds when they're still like stud wide receivers or, you know, lesser three-down RBs potentially still on the board. I mean, I'd rather buy my time, get a Goddard, also a Chris Herndon, and like maybe even, you know, if you're a premium tight end league, like a Jonu Smith or something in the late rounds, because all those guys have great potential too, and they're just not costing you the same sort of uh, draft capital. So I've kind of been, you know, either all in, give me a kettle, you know, in round two or something like that, or I'm waiting until like round 12 before I'm taking my first tight end. Yeah, I, I that's why I did with Jonu Smith, because him and Tannehill were electric last year. I think they're only going to pick up where they left off, and I got him in like 12th round. So I agree with you completely on that one. I think Jonu Smith is going to go off this year. But another guy I wanted to talk about was – I mean, no, what I wanted to talk about was the Eagles defense uh, and special teams. They're ranked 12th right now. They add Darius Slay. I think the interceptions are going to go up with the, him and Nicole Ruby Coleman. Uh, the returners this year, they have so many more options in the punt return game. Rager, man. Yeah, uh, Rager is – I mean, that's where it comes to me. The Rager was awesome at punt returning. And he's, he's such a threat with that. I think he could score with the ball in his hands. But the huge thing with me is Darius Slay is probably going to get a lot of interceptions with this defensive line pressure this year. So what do you think, Ian? 12th fair? 
No, I'm six. I don't know where the 12th came from. I mean, this has always been one of the leagues. I mean, at least, you know, in the last five years, one of the league's best defensive lines. And for them to go out and get Hargrave and really reinforce that. Also healthy, uh, hopefully healthy Malik Jackson come back. Haven't exactly been tuning in on him that much during training camp. But if he's back, I mean, okay, we're five, six deep with beasts on the defensive line again. So, you know, we're looking for pressure in terms of fantasy defenses uh, always. I mean, that's, you know, if you just look at the scoring and you kind of, the point totals, the weird, okay, if you allow, you know, between 14 and 19 points, like the differences between those, like you're just not, it's going to be hard to predict and it's going to be really hard to even, you know, pull away in that. You see these defenses that stand out. It's the ones that really can force havoc up and down the field. And that is the Eagles. And yeah, I mean, those cornerback signings are just, just so, so huge for them. I mean, you guys have seen it over the years, just their complete inability to stop wide receiver ones over the past two seasons has really sunk some of their chances. So, you know, even if Slay at times, like he didn't grade out all that awesome with PFF last year, but I think that was more because him and Stefan Gilmore and a little bit Jalen Ramsey are the only corners in the league that will not only track the opposing wide receiver one, but they'll also move into a slot. He wasn't even getting safety help. I mean, it was just one of those situations for like, okay, Keenan Allen's getting 90 yards, so I guess it's a bad game, but it took him 14 targets to do so, and Slay was, you know, on his hip the entire time. So he's anyone's idea of a true uh, cornerback one. And the cut Roby Coleman was grading out really well last year from the slot. So we'll see if, uh, you know, whether it's Maddox, Sidney Jones, whoever it might be. As the number three guy, you know, you, you need three legit corners in today's NFL, and it sucks they lost, uh, you know, Malcolm Jenkins but maybe Jalen Mills can do his thing. But no, I think it's, an, especially in fantasy land, like this should be a top six defense again because of the D-line ability. You know, 12th in real life, maybe we can talk about that. But uh, no, in fantasy, that, uh, sign up. But hey, if you don't need to draft a defense, guys, don't. Go get an ex- go get a Boston Scott and in case something, you know, happens uh, in the next two weeks, then he can just sign someone after that. I know a lot of leagues force you to draft defenses and kickers, but, you know, definitely don't be afraid to stream them. And for the love of God, do not draft them before the last two rounds <laughs> oh yeah no never i never do that especially kickers though i would never do that with a kicker that's yeah. that's ridiculous uh and i have a question how how many leagues are you in yearly um it, add, it added up this year last year i think i had it at four or five which was fine and uh you know that's just season long not Best ball is a whole different thing. But uh, this year I said yes a little too much. I had some more dynasty leagues. Now I think I'm at like nine weekly leagues I'm going to have to re-rack. So I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it all comes down to my uh, piece of shit eight-man league that's with my old college buddies. That's the one I truly care about. And, you know, being in a league with eight people, all the rosters are so stacked I can hardly even separate from these guys. So we'll, we'll see if I can avoid a year being called a fraud or not with the buddies. Uh, there you go. Man, I, I get into four leagues and then I start getting stressed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. anxiety. Too, too much anxiety, too much research that goes into it, too much lineup setting each week. Like, oh, I, because I, I'm in four leagues now and I'm like, this is the max. I can't do anything more than sure, this. You're not sure if you should celebrate a 90 yard touchdown or be mad about right. it. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you um, celebrate like every play and you're also like, oh, well, that's awesome. Now, right, but. right. <laughs> Um, two names, two names I, I want to bring up, and you brought one of them up already. Chase Edmonds. Uh, he is <laughs> my my dynasty that I'm in. It's a it's a one running back slot, and then there's two receivers, two flexes. So I completely downplayed the running back position going into it. Um, and I had Sonny Michelle last year. 
Well, I got rid of him, traded for a tight end, whatever. So now my sole running back is Chase Edmonds. So, so I'm like, it's a two QB league. I have, I have Mahomes and Kyler. Uh, and then I got like Amari, I got Godwin, uh, I got Ertz. It, it's a pretty stacked team, but my running back situation is just horrendous. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that Edmonds can somehow shape, somehow shape out a role. Um, I liked Edmonds before my, he got hurt last year, though. I, I was actually becoming a Chase Evans big fan because I got him on the waiver wire. I was so hyped, but then he got hurt, and then I'm like, ah. Oh. He's a freaking baller when he's on the field, man. Yeah, but then Kenyon Drake came along, and I don't think they're going to take him off the field in favor of Chase Evans now because of how good Kenyon Drake looked, too. It's rough. So so what goes into you, – you mentioned four running back names as far as I, – I, what was your factor in putting them in the, 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 the tier one of backups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in this range, I want running backs where if disaster strikes, they're going to be like RB1s. I mean, don't get, I'm not drafting like Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson, you know, even like Philip Lindsay and Tariq Cohen, these guys that, okay, they maybe, you know, if they have a good week, they can give you some like flex appeal. But even if their team starter or, you know, rookie gets hurt, like there's still going to be a two or three back committee, like regardless. And I think the situations where that changes is if Kamara goes down, Latavius is going to step up as he did two games last year and be the feature guy. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he goes down. I've been talking to some Vikings beat reporters, and everyone's confident Madison would be the three-down workhorse in that scenario. I think same thing's true with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think Chase Edmonds is the fourth guy that we could realistically strongly expect that. Also, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, but Kareem's going so much higher in drafts. He's not really in this range. Um, but, yeah, Chase Edmonds, No, regardless of who was the Cardinals' RB1 last year, it was David Johnson, Chase Edmonds for a week, and then Kenyon Drake. I mean, they were all just getting fed. And three-down workloads, you know, targets, rush attempts, everything. It was a one-back backfield, and all they did this offseason was add, you know, Benjamin's seventh-round pick. And, you know, while Kingsbury said, you know, oh, we're happy to have three really good running backs, it's going to be the Kenyon Drake show. And then I think it's going to be, if he goes down, Chase Evans is really going to have a chance. Now, maybe Edmonds could carve out some uh, standalone value on a weekly basis because he was, you know, dealing with a hamstring injury the second half of last year. He was only really available uh, for special teams usage. I mean, just wasn't – at 100% like David Johnson was. And, you know, we saw that like run he had against the Buccaneers where it looked like he had a piano on his back. But Edmonds, you know, okay, I don't think he should be your RB1 starting running back in any fantasy league, man. You might have faded the position a little too strongly stacked, there. But... My team is stacked, man. Hey, you're, you're one Kenyon Drake injury away from being uber stacked, I guess <laughs> yeah. is the point. But I, w- I would try to uh, help yourself out a little bit more than a guy that's going to be, you know, outside the top 40 RBs more weeks than not. But, hey, th- this is why he's a value, though, because I, I would draft him at his current draft position uh, even if we knew he had no chance of standalone value because – of his upside if Drake goes down. But, you know, it's it has – this is a situation where he wasn't healthy in the second half of last year. Wouldn't be shocking if, you know, he could get some sort of committee out there. But, yeah, I'm really high on Drake and high on Edmonds just because the Cardinals are one of a handful of teams that do seem to really rely on that one single back. I like the handcuff options that you did because I was the, like it was like the same order as my my gut, so that's why I love it because I did have the like cream hunt number one because receiving ability because the Browns are obviously going to throw it, especially with – I think, I think we're gonna see a lot more Cream Hunt this year, just because Kevin Stefanski is involved a lot more. I think there's gonna be a lot more. I mean, obviously Nick Chubb is one of the greatest running backs in the league, but I do think uh, the zone counters uh, runs with Cream Hunt are gonna pay off this year a lot more. But then, like you said, is his usage of receiving 33% of his snaps are in the slot. I love that. I think that's a huge boost for his usage. Uh, Latavius Murray is one Alvin. 
Kamara injury from getting away. And not only that, the Saints like to use two running backs so much as is. So Murray's pretty much a flex starter for me anyways. And then Madison, I, I love the Alexander because I have Dalvin Cook. So I like this Alexander Madison pick because we all know Dalvin Cook's like susceptible to getting hurt. So and Madison looks good. I think he he's a guy that can come in and actually take Dalvin Cook's job if he has to. So I do like the, the I like those three picks for the handcuffs. That's like my top three handcuffs anyway. So I like to hear that. Oh yeah. Um, and then my 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 last name is um, DJ Chark. Where is DJ Chark on the fantasy dynasty rankings, and why isn't he number one? <laughs> I don't have a uh, dynasty rankings uh, right in front of me, but no, he's dude. I, I've I've been saying I think uh, Minshew and Chark this year could be like what Fitzpatrick and uh, Devontae Parker were last season. Just a uh, talented, entertaining, fancy, productive like duo on a bad team, and that's what we're kind of looking at with the Jaguars. I mean, I have Chark as my wide receiver, nineteen. You know, one spot ahead of uh, you know. Parker ahead of Diggs ahead of Sutton kind of you know I, I think there's really really a bunch of studs uh in that you know wide receiver two range your your OBJ's DJ Moore's you know Amari Cooper's of the world that have proven it maybe a little bit longer than Chark but at the end of the day he's the undisputed number one pass game option in his offense and the dude's a stud I mean some of the things he did last year yards after the catch I mean he just did look like that true like you know this guy can c- completely carry your entire passing game type of receiver and it seems like i'll have every chance to do so because i mean laviska chanel's been getting some nice uh raves from training camp but he's still kind of if anyone's job he's going to take it's going to be dd westbrook not really uh dj chark so yeah man I- i'm buying going after chark uh early and often that's a great comparison though i do think they're going to be the ryan fitzpatrick Devontae parker type thing i think that's awesome Oh, yeah, we got some little dog action, too. I like that. I see, <laughs> Lily the wiener dog is in the house. I, have to, I always have to keep my dogs out of the room because they always bark and like to make their appearances on the podcast. So I, is yeah, is his that. name Tyrod? No, he's a Lily. <laughs> Not this one. This is Lily. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, All right, you, I mean, you answered a lot of my fantasy questions. I, I, I got learned so much more today. Uh, and I feel more confident about a lot of my picks today, too, from <laughs> – Without you even knowing it, just from you talking, like I'm like, all right, like I picked that guy, now I feel really good. Especially DA Shark, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, no matter how bad the Jaguars are, that dude's gonna ball. Gardner's gonna ball. I I, I really like uh, his prospects this year because I did draft him. He's my wide receiver too, so I'm liking that. I mean, the Jaguars, Jaguars can be awful, and Shark can still be great. Like I think running back is a little more concerning when you want to look at these like really bad teams and their potential volume. I mean, Shark. Win or lose, the dude's going to be eating. You know, Fournette's the one I'm staying away from. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just about to ask. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. stay away I'm from Fournette. Uh, I I agree with you. I mean, they're all, they're going to have to pass no matter what, especially when they're losing all those games by so many points this year because that defense they're going to have to pass a lot, and yeah. that's just Sharks bread and butter. I mean, last year he really came on strong. I, I expect nothing better the uh, this season. But uh, I mean, I'm good on my fantasy stuff. Tyler, you ready? Ready to wrap this up? I'm good, man. We, yeah, we actually I, did like a 40, almost close to 50-minute episode too. So, again, we really appreciate your time to, today to talk fancy football with us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you know, listeners out there, check out the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. If uh, you got more 
more questions throughout the year. I'll be doing some start sit, start sit stuff throughout the week, just previewing the game, trying to put a fantasy uh, lens through it. But, you know, you can't really talk fantasy without knowing just the normal X's and O's as well. So it's a nice little mix. And, yeah, dude, thanks for having me on. This was fun. Of course. And it's, it's, not, just, it's not just fantasy either. This uh, Twitter content, it's, it's top-notch from Ian. Serious, one of my favorite it's, followers. Yeah, so. definitely one of my favorite followers too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, the pod, definitely check out the pod because I know I'll be listening for sure. All right, thanks for Parents, you taught your kids everything from tying their shoes to riding a bike. Next life lesson, that saving money is worth it. And chores can be fun. Meet GoHenry, the debit card and financial learning app for kids 6 to 18. It has all the tools to teach your kids about money. Check off chores in the app, set savings goals, and more. Families love it. 92% of parents say their kids were more money confident after using the app. Get started at GoHenry.com, promo code GoHenry. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.